0: You're listening to the Credit Union Leadership Podcast with your host, Scott Albrich and Michael Neal. Hi, everybody. It's Mike Neal, Executive Director with Service Star Consulting, and I'm really excited and honored to introduce this podcast to you, which is our interview with Tansley Stearns, Chief People Officer at Canvas Credit Union. I first met Tansley about 20 years ago. I uh, can't believe it's been that long. And when I first met her, I said one day, everyone is going to be working with Tansley or working for Tansley. And I don't think I'm wrong. Um, over the years, Tansley has continued to grow and advance in her career, but more importantly, in the positive impact that she has had on the credit union movement, her time with uh, the Feline Research Institute being notable, And as um, someone who has a positive impact on people,
1: welcome to the Credit Union Leadership Podcast, a podcast dedicated to credit unions on all things leadership, management, and culture. Brought to you by Service Star since 1998, Service Star has been helping over 500 credit unions transform cultures into high-performing, award-winning, member-centric sales and service champions. To learn more about what Service Star can do for your credit union. Check us out at servicestarconsulting.com.
0: About 15 years ago, I asked Hansley to speak for me at a conference I was putting on, and she was pretty average, I would say. Uh, Because she's untalented? No, because she really never had a lot of large room speaking experience. And so she said, you know, how did I do? And I said, it just wasn't what I expected. It wasn't you. People didn't get to see you. They got to see a public speaking version of you. And she and I have a really good relationship where I can say those types of things to her. She can say those types of things to me. And so uh, about three years later, um, I had the opportunity to see her speak. And I was floored at how incredibly talented she was at public speaking. And I said, that's not the same person I saw three years ago. And she said, I took your advice and I made it my goal to be good at this. And that tells you everything you need to know about Tansley. Undaunted, dedicated, intelligent. She's she's what we need in the credit union movement.
1: We could talk about member journey mapping, but before we do that, we get to play a game. Are you excited about playing a game? Always. I love games. Okay. All right. So you got three questions you can ask me to determine what's in the box.
2: Okay. Is it something that's important to you? No. Um, tell me one thing about it.
1: I can stick it to stuff.
2: Oh, okay. What's, thing, what's one thing you don't like about it?
1: I have to order more.
2: Okay. That's all I get. That's it. Uh, well, all right. I'm gonna call it. Is it silly putty?
1: Oh, nice guess. Uh oh, I got two things in here. Teaser, something's coming up. What am I pulling out here? Post-its. Post-it notes. So Tansy, nice. do you have any do you have any familiarity with post-it notes?
2: I have so much familiarity with post-it notes. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yes. Did, did, Today, we're going to talk about
1: member journey mapping. Um, Tell me about uh, your your definition. What would you define member journey mapping as?
2: Absolutely. So I would define it as really painting a picture of the member experience, both through the members' eyes and through the eyes of the folks that facilitate member experience, and Ultimately, the outcome so that you know that's kind of what happens, right? We want to map that current state, we want to map the future state at a very granular level. The outcome is really about how do we use seeing the world through an empathetic lens to ensure that member experience is amplified and we're creating more impact.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Stephen Covey has the, was it the seven habits of successful? Yeah. One of them's, uh, begin with the end in mind. So, um, you have been on a whole host of podcasts and you've actually helped design a podcast that Mike Neal was on. So this is kind of like uh, a little, little great deal here that we got going on here. Um, but you know, of all the podcasts that you've been on, uh, and even some of the ones that you help run, what's one thing about maybe that outcome-based member member journey mapping that you wish you would have said, and you actually haven't said yet that you could use this podcast as a forum to maybe launch a a new thought or a new concept?
2: Yeah. You know, I think the, the thing that I would say is oftentimes, and this happens with leadership too, I think we get these buzzwords in our industry, right? We say innovation, we say member journey mapping, we talk about ease of use, whatever it might be. And people start talking about it. There are lots of sessions about it. There are lots of podcasts about it. And then people start to believe that they're experts because they've heard about it. (laughs) My invitation to folks is to really consider the practice of it. Because just like with leadership, my observation of member journey mapping is that you get better at it the more that you do it. It becomes a discipline within the organization. And it's a journey that's never done. You know, this practice is something that just because, for example, you map the new member process last year doesn't mean that you're done, you're finished, you've landed. This is an ongoing, really, investment in member experience. And the more people across your organization that you can get involved over time, the more that integrates into who you are and becomes who you are versus some activity that you did.
1: Yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, what we do at Zervistar Consulting, yeah. which is leadership training. And yeah. uh, in the topic of leadership, which is yeah. kind of interesting, we have leadership training and there's a topic called leadership. Your yeah. credit union just went through something like this. And yeah. in it, it's talk about it talks about the vision yeah. and how some people want to you know have eight pack and so they don't appreciate the fact that now their pants fit a little bit better because they're so focused on having an eight pack so you know they don't enjoy the journey it sounds like there's there's a, there's a correlation there where if my vision statement is to empower the financial wellness of every member, and yes. that may, ne- that might be a perfect state that we never actually see while I'm alive, then yes. I have to get good at enjoying the, the small wins along yes. the way of, of the journey. So talking about small wins, yeah. uh, so, so, some of the people on this podcast have probably heard of you because you traveled a lot and got a lot of air miles uh, when you worked for Filene yep. and And now you're traveling uh, virtually uh, as as a new uh, people officer, chief people officer there uh, at uh, Canvas. Um, So you've gotten out and you've you've talked to a lot of credit unions about this topic in particular. Uh, I would love to hear a story. Can you tell me a story uh, about one of your clients or credit unions that kind of went through this process and had some short-term wins that were phenomenal and just kind of have a great kind of success story around member journey mapping?
2: Yeah, I think one of them that's most powerful really demonstrates the reason that journey mapping matters so much. And it's all about human behavior. So I was doing this journey mapping session with one of the largest credit unions in this country. We're doing some specific journeys for their communication center. And this credit union had all the channels, right? So if you were to run through all the possible channels that a credit union might have to engage their members, this credit union had all of them, including chat. And so, you know, one of the questions that I ask as we go through every single journey is to say, okay, so now if the member started in chat, what would happen? And I am confident that if you had talked to this credit unions board, their leadership team, they would have said to you, yeah, you know, we have all the channels. They're amazing. they all work really well. They're all connected. So we get to live chat and I said, okay, so tell me what happens when the member begins their journey in chat. They said, oh, okay, yeah. So, what happens is we chat back to them that they can't do that with us on chat and that they should call us.
1: <laughs> so, you've got an omni channel that's broken. What is what's so? How, what do you call it omni channel? It's not an omni channel.
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> and I think the, the the lesson there that's so important is that we've got to really get under the covers, right? What we believe is happening in our organizations and what's actually happening are often two different things. Mm-hmm. One of the most common things that I see is that I, I always invite credit unions to consider having different people that have the same role, but are, for example, in different branches or maybe two comm center folks be in the same session because frequently what'll happen is I'll ask a question like that. Okay. So say a member's doing an auto loan application, you know, walk me through it. Frequently two different branches will say, okay, well, this is what happens. And they'll be talking And the other person from another branch. Be like, no, that's not how we do it. And so there's all these discoveries that occur in the room that help us to better understand what's actually happening. And frequently what we'll see is that Ease of use, we care so much about our members as credit unions. And we we will often make the member experience exceptional, right? But with duct tape and all kinds of sticky notes that are just holding it together. And we're swimming underneath with 50 processes to make that happen. And in today's environment with the war for talent our employees are not going to accept that, right? When the world works the way that it does, if we aren't building systems to make their lives easier, they're going to be questioning what in the world we're doing. So I think in answer to your question, there are so many stories I could share. I think the, the synthesized version is, it's this moment to really bridge the gap between what you think is happening, what's actually happening, happening. And then dream towards that future state and then be able to prioritize because we can't fix everything all at once. But as we eat the elephant, making sure that along the way we've been able to identify, boy, these three pain points are the ones that are really damaging the experience for our members. And let's get those right
1: yeah and and uh, someone who comes from a larger institution sometimes you can you can feel like you already have everything kind of lockstep. up, and yes. uh, the branch manager is kind of a great reference point because if it's not lockstep, they're usually the first person that hears about it. Yeah. um you know if they can't get a hold of the, the call center they come into the branch. If they can't yeah. get a chat answer, they call the branch manager or email the branch manager. Yeah. So that's, that's a good front line of defense. So, yeah. uh, so there's one more thing in the box and, uh, and okay. this time, this time I'm going to reveal what it is and I want you to, I want you to guess where it's from. Okay. Ooh, so okay. I'm, I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm grabbing the box here. Oh, okay. now this does have meaning to me. This, uh, if I were to say one thing about it, comes from a special place. Uh, okay. One thing that I don't like about it is I don't have more of them. Where is this rock from?
2: Oh, so interesting. Is it from your favorite beach?
1: It is not from my favorite beach. I'll give you one more guess. It's close to your home.
2: Mm, is it from a mountain in Colorado?
1: It is from a mountain in Colorado, potentially a mountain on Colorado where Ed Filene himself stood. Ooh, maybe Park? yes, maybe yeah. he, he picked this rock up and he skipped it across a lake. Who knows? You know, because because the nice thing about you know grass is you know it keeps on growing it year over year, but rocks they just kind of stay the same. So he might have stood on this rock, he might have you know eaten lunch on this rock. Who knows, right? What happened with this rock and Ed Filene? Yes. But 1934, he was there uh, 2021, I was there and I grabbed the rock. So, you know, for those of you who are, you know, uh, nature preserver people, I'm sorry, I took a rock. I think maybe in Colorado that's illegal, uh, but I did take a rock. Um, so let's say Ed's with us today. He's on the podcast. Um, you, you used to work for the Filene research Institute. Um, what would he have to say about member journey mapping?
2: He would love it because I think what Ed's perspective teaches us is that human beings matter. And when done well, journey mapping comes from the heart of human beings, understanding their biggest pain points and solving them in new and unique ways. When he was founding credit unions, that's precisely what he was doing. People didn't have a safe place to put their money. They didn't have a trusted resource to find a loan. And credit unions were all about bringing people together to encourage that. So I think that he would love this. He was an entrepreneur. His spirit was about human beings. So this is squarely in alignment with and his values.
1: He got he got a lot of grief for all the money he invested into uh, the credit union movement. Because yeah. uh, at the time, there wasn't a lot of money to go around. Um, and you know, this is speculation because, you know, we don't have a whole lot of words about his situation, but when you see the actions of, of what he did, um, Mm -hmm. given his influence and his ability to to do what he did, I do feel like he, he's like, I have money and these people don't, there's, there's not equitable balance here. I can get a loan and these people can't, and I don't need a loan and they do. And so I, I do feel this is speculation, but I do feel like he. He saw that there was a gap uh, in what was accessible to him and what was accessible to his neighbor, and he he committed his life to do not just credit and stuff. I mean, if you look into the history of Ed Filene, he has a lot to do with some of the benefits we had at work and yeah. some of the the equal pay and you know that kind of stuff started with with movements that he had early on. So, uh, well, and,
2: yeah. and I would say, Scott, to your point, you know that listening to his employees was, I think, that genuine spark. And so that's a really special part of what we do. Again, as we talk about journey mapping is make sure we're not only listening to the member because they are why we exist, but listening to our team members and ensuring that we build processes that are not only exceptional for the member, but for our team members as well.
1: T- Taylor Murray used to always say, uh, imagine a, uh, a glove, like a, like a hospital glove, like a little yeah. medical plastic glove, yeah. uh, blow it up uh, it, with air. Yeah. Now the, the the palm is the support team. Yeah. The, thing, the fingers are the branches yeah and sometimes the palm will say you know we got too much air here what do we do and they'll come up with a process and yeah. they'll be like oh this is so much better but all they did is they just they squeezed the air in the palm and now there was more yeah. air in the branches and so right. you know so this kind of tr- uh the triangulation of work um doesn't work and the, like you said uh, patching up the process on the back end to make it an omni-channel process on the front end um is not a, a way to, to to fix it So uh, tell me, I would love your insight on this. What are credit unions doing to to not have the patchwork on the back end to make the member journey mapping so fluid on the front end? Has there been a good solution that people have implemented that have made it not so hard to make it as easy uh, on the member as possible? Is it possible to have it easy on both sides?
2: Oh, without question. I think... One really good thing is to ensure that you've got people across the experience in the journey mapping session. You know, when you limit that group and it's narrow, then you may create solutions that are a lot like that glove. When you've got people from technology, from the branches, from the comm center, from marketing coming together, you will create solutions that are going to be more holistic in their approach. And then I think just encouraging us to noodle on using technology, you know, one of the things that we've been doing here at Canvas that I'm really proud of is really thinking about not just buying the next bright, shiny object, but thinking about the shiny objects we have and how are we maximizing those? Because mm-hmm. I think we often, with a problem like what you just asked about, skate to, okay, let's go find three new providers. And then we end up with this patchwork quilt of providers. Yeah. Oftentimes, if we dive under to understand what we have with the tools that already exist, frequently we have the solutions there. And our ability to maximize those will then enable us with the next great tool because oftentimes the technology is not the answer. It's what the underpinnings are that allow the technology to serve as well. You know as an example, when we think about a tool for CRM as an example. Those yep. only work as well as what we build to have them be successful. And so I think it's about getting the right people in the room, using the tools that we have to their best ability, and then just continuing to challenge the process over time. Because one of the places that I think we often skin our knees is when we think, okay, well, we've done this one thing and now it's over. We got to continue to look at it because the world's changing too quickly to only review things every six years or so.
1: Yeah. The, so in the non-credit EAN world, we call that the continuous improvement chain. And yeah. actually when you got out the post-it notes, so ServiceStar is doing member journey mapping for clients who have gone through the member experience builder uh, process. And I got the privilege of being on a training call that I wasn't leading. It was awesome. Right. So I got to listen in and we had these post-it notes and we were putting them on the wall and it reminded me of Kaizen training. Has anybody ever brought up the fact that Kaizen training and member journey mapping kind of similar processes in that were were... we're reducing uh, variances and we're we're reducing waste and we're trying to make it a a more efficient and a more lean process. Has anyone ever made that correlation? That seems a little bit uh, like a Lean Six Sigma practice, just made credit union for the, made it for the member. Lean Six Sigma made for the member. We're not making automobiles. We're making financial wellness journeys. Uh, Has anyone made that correlation before?
2: Yeah, for sure. And what I love about member journey mapping is that, it is at the end of the day going to create efficiencies and it's not efficiencies for efficiency's sake, which is sometimes the challenge when we're focused solely on that it's efficiencies in service to member experience. And that's the beauty I think of this approach.
1: Thank you Tansley Stearns for being on today's credit and leadership podcast in such a short period of time. I learned so much and I know the listener had just as much value just hearing from the expert on member journey mapping, but more than just that, the expert on outcome-based thinking and credit unions today. Such a great pleasure to have Tansley Stearns on today's podcast. Well, stay tuned to the next season of episodes of podcast here at the Credit Union Leadership Podcast. We look forward to seeing you in season four. Okay. This is for those listeners that stick tuned to the end. Tansley Stern's daughter, Mackenzie, is being interviewed by Tansley on what she thinks member journey mapping is. Enjoy.
2: Hey, Mackenzie. Hello. All right. What do you think journey mapping is? Oh, Like of all the journeys you did and then like back in like when people were trying to still like find where we live today they would draw like maps of where they've been and write notes, like captions on the maps. And that's what I think journey mapping is. (laughs) That sounds awesome.
1: Thanks. (laughs) Yeah.